Welcome back to the Black and Raw podcast. I'm your host, Tino Kodotonda Rivan Zabaya. I ain't going to repeat that. Here is a podcast that's creating the dialogue and the space for black men to be their most authentic selves. Now, buckle up today, guys, because we're about to dive into the inspiring journey of my guest, Jerry. And Jerry's story is like a whirlwind tour through different chapters of life, from the heart of Texas to the bustling streets of New York. New York, New York. And then we go to the Windy City itself, Chicago, Chicago. Jerry's journey takes us through the various places and professions that have helped shape his creative path from being a radio DJ to winning an acting scholarship in New York. His career has been a wild ride. He's produced and written for big names like Funny or Die, College Humor, and even BBC America. But it was the spiritual awakening in 2014 that set Jerry on a path of self-discovery. And he decided that he was going to leave the corporate world. He had had enough. He had had enough. Fully embracing the word of mouth marketing and discovered a new perspective on life. This man has truly been through it all, folks. And we're going to be discussing some very powerful themes today. So I hope you're ready, man. I hope you're ready. Okay. Are you ready? Are you actually ready, though? I don't think you're ready. Are you ready? Okay, okay. Have you ever wondered what creativity really means? We're going to break it down and show you that it's not just reserved for those in the so-called creative industry. Creativity is all around us. It's everything that we do. You can be creative in so many ways. You can be innovative in so many ways. And we talk about the different ways in which you can use that creativity in your workplace, in your life. And Jerry's journey is a testament to this. It's not just about work guys it's about personal growth we're going to be exploring how embracing your childhood imagination can help you break free from the societal constraints and lead you towards your wildest wildest dreams like wild 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 thoughts <laughs> I'm getting distracted. <laughs> but Jerry and I um, are also going to get into the nitty gritty of believing in yourself and changing your mindset. We talk about seeing yourself as the person you want to become um, is a game changer. Now, Jerry's not just a creative journeyman, you know, he's, 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 he's got other things. He's got other things. He's a father, too. And we delve into how he's instilling discipline and creativity into his own sons. Plus, we talk about how he manifested and prayed for his moves to the shores of Hawaii after feeling disillusioned with life in Chicago. You know, a bullet going through your window would do that to a man. And you're going to hear more about that. It's actually kind of a crazy story, to be honest with you, and how that all unraveled. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy that. But there's more. Jerry's spontaneous decision to move to Hawaii is not just about a physical journey. It's about a story of internal transformation. We're going to be exploring the idea that changing your location doesn't necessarily change your internal struggles. And folks, it's not just about location. It's about choosing a place that aligns with your ideals and preferences. And we talk about the importance of finding your own paradise. Gratitude and avoiding victim mentality are also on this delicious plate of themes. You know what I'm saying? Like you got your chicken, you got your mash, you know, you got your colored greens. You know, that's American. I don't do colored greens. But, you know, you got your spinach, you got your broccoli, you know, got a little bit of side of bacon. You know, that's what that's what we're doing today. It's a dish. That, that nice dish, you know what I'm saying? Like that Nando's. Mm. Oh, man, guys, I'm getting distracted now. But tell me what your Nando's order is if you're, um, yeah, drop me a message on Instagram. Anyway, 
Anyway, anyway, anyway, finally, we touch on the cynical nature of history. It's all about understanding what we consider progress today may look entirely different in the eyes of future generations. So guys, I really hope you enjoy this episode. I really loved talking to Jerry and and I think it's going to be a roller coaster ride of insights and inspirations that you won't want to miss a single moment. So here is my conversation with Jerry Amiga. Right, so Jerry, welcome to the Black and Raw podcast. It's really good to have you on. I'm glad to be here. Glad, glad to be here. No, that's cool. That's cool. Um, it was quite odd when we first chatted because um, you said hello to me, and I was like, "Did he know that I just came from Hawaii? Like, <laughs> what does he know?" <laughs> um, but. I heard you guys were having some wildfires recently, so I, I hope you and your family are all good. I know you live on a farm as well, so you might be a bit more exposed there, but was it on your island? Was it not on the island you're on? No, the the major fires that occurred were on the island of Maui, and I'm on the big island. And in fact, I'm on the south side of the big island. There were some fires on the north side of the island. Um uh, actually, one place that I went on my anniversary, if 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 the fact I haven't seen it for myself, but if mm. the facts are true, or what people are telling me are true, it's like the place that I went on vacation with my wife actually was affected by some fire. Um, but other than that, the Big Island was fine compared to Maui. Yeah, so, yeah, we, my, me and my family are safe. We're we're okay. No, that's good. That's good. Is Maui sort of more? I guess Big Island. When I went, like. It, even though it's sort of like an island, like it sort of feels like a little city. Um, but then you do have like the beach and the ocean just sort of close to you. So I don't know whether maybe it's because it's more more concrete. I don't know. I don't know whether because of how Maui is, maybe it's more exposed to those sort of things. Um, well, the, the big island, it's big it's, it compared to the other islands. In fact, all the islands, um, all the other islands can actually fit inside the big island wow um that said uh it's very rural and spread out uh so there there are two towns or cities hilo and kona but uh, they're about hilo is like an hour away from me and kona is like two and a half hours away from me so it's a pretty big island <laughs> yeah definitely definitely um and so you know what i would actually while while we're on it we might we might as well start um here in terms of uh you you know you didn't always live in hawaii um and i guess i wanted to know sort of what was your like what was your life like before moving to hawaii uh depend depends when in my life you're asking <laughs> but uh uh but before moving here, I was living in Chicago with uh, with my wife and uh, one of my sons. Um, and uh, we moved here to the Big Island in March of 21. Um, but before Chicago, I lived in New York City for a good chunk of my career. And then uh, I was raised in Texas and uh, I lived I lived in Texas I don't know, till I was like 26 or 27 or something. And then I moved to New York, spent a lot of time in New York and then Chicago. And then now I'm on now. Now I'm living that island life. Yeah. You've done a few little hops to be fair, like Texas yeah. to New York, New York to Chicago. Um, what was, I guess, just, just like 
just me being sort of interested, like mm-hmm. what were the sort of differences between the Texas, Chicago, and New York? I mean, I think Hawaii, we can, we can, we probably know the differences, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> um that's a great question, actually. Uh I mean, I, I can only give my perception and my opinion. Um, but uh I mean, I grew up in the suburbs of Houston. Um uh, Houston's one of the most, if not the most, one of the most ethnically diverse cities in um, the country. Okay. Uh, I grew up around Nigerians and Filipinos and all that type of stuff. Um, Chinese folks and all that, but mostly, I mean, mostly white. I, I mean, you, you, you can't expect to, uh, anything less than that, but, but it was, it was very diverse. I grew up in a very diverse area in a town called Sugarland. And um, interesting name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Sugarland, Texas, and and uh, it used to be sugar plantations back in the day. And when it got incorporated as a um, company town, it uh, it became Sugarland, what we know today. But it's now one of the most wealthiest cities or suburbs, I should say, one of the wealthiest suburbs in the in the country. Wow, no yeah. correlation there or anything because that because it's so sweet. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, Imperial Sugar is Imperial Sugar is is from my is from my hometown. But anyways, so I grew up there, and then I went to college in um, East Texas, which was uh, which was I loved it. I I had a good time there. I thought it was a pretty good mix of white and black and. Um, mm. I went to a pretty diverse school if you if you want to go that route. Um and uh yeah, I think it was like a third Hispanic, a third black, a third white type of type of situation. Oh, that's a nice little mix. You got you got sort of flavors everywhere. Like yeah, yeah. 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 Um it was a small town, you know, uh, everybody got along type of thing. Um most of the people in that city were from the school. It was, yeah. it was that type of town, you know. Everybody and knew each other. Like everybody, yeah. Exactly. You, you like if you didn't know somebody, you knew their you knew their crew. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, fair um, enough. And um, and then while I was there, I was studying broadcasting, and that's when I got into radio and television and all that type of stuff, and um really launched my career in entertainment. Yeah. And from and then from there I, I moved on to New York City. Fair enough. Yeah. Was New York, I guess New York was sort of like the hub of maybe like the creative industry of everything that was, I don't know, is that how it was? Like yeah, sort of everything well, was happening at that time in New York. And it's New York though, isn't it? Like it's New York. It's a city that I mean, doesn't sleep. <laughs> like yeah, city is if 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 you if you want to be a part of an industry, any industry, you can find it in New York. Mm. Specifically for me, I was in entertainment. Um, I was done with radio when I moved to New York. I was like, well, I, w- I want to pursue acting. And um, I got the scholarship to go to an acting conservatory out there. And. Um, and and yeah, I just I just loved it. I loved it nice. when I was there. Yeah. What, uh, what can I ask what made you want to? Switch from radio to acting, you know. That's some a, people. That's a good question. Some people are like, oh, you've got a face for the radio. You got a voice for the radio. But and then you yeah. give me an actor. I'm not saying you don't have a face to be an actor, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
but go ahead. Yeah, I digress. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, when I got into broadcasting, I actually had the intention of being on TV news. So mm. I, I already I always had the intention of being in front of the camera. Um but uh but I fell in love with radio. I man, I I I just when I had to take some radio classes. Just the editing process, audio um, was just this new thing to me. Uh, well, it wasn't new per se, but it was just wow. Just being behind the, and pressing the buttons, making sh- making sure people are listening to whatever song mm. and this any other. I I just fell in love with it, and um, when I graduated from college, I immediately went to work for Clear Channel Radio and became became a local radio DJ and a local celebrity even. Well, while I was working for Clear Channel, I quickly realized I don't like working corporate. Okay. (laughs) That's what it was. (laughs) That's what it was. Yeah. So I was like, oh, and I realized like at the time podcasting was like very new. Mm. It was very new. I think the iPod was brand new. So it wasn't... um, that wasn't necessarily an option. Although looking back, I'm like, I mean, I had a podcast back then, but looking back, I'm like, I wish I would have stuck with it. But back then there was no reason to believe. Yeah. There was no reason to believe that that was going to be it because I was just doing it for fun with my friend, kind of like Joe Rogan was Mm. back then. But I had to, I had to make a living, right? I had to make a life and all that type of stuff. And I wasn't really doing, it was a hot, eh, I don't know. I don't know how you get into it, but <laughs> really what happened was when I was working in, in radio, I was doing the podcast and they told me if I wanted to continue working at the radio station, I had to quit my podcast. So I was like, all right, well, I stopped the podcast and continued. Well, doing why though? Did the did, competition. Did, did, oh, competition. You, you, you were providing competition for your own job. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like, you know, moonlighting and that type yeah, of stuff. And, okay. You know, so, I mean, I, I love them. It, no no animosity at all. Um, But when I realized that I wasn't going to, like, have a good time in corporate, like, I tried to, I tried to compel them or convince them that mm. me doing the podcast was actually, uh, was mutual benefit, was mutually beneficial. But they didn't see that at the time. They also didn't see the benefits of using Facebook for marketing. Yeah. Which today is yeah, like, it's ridiculous. But back then I was like, it's free. Like we can, you, I could post any back then mm. you could post anything you wanted on Facebook and people were following me already. I had groups, all that type of stuff. Cause I thought it was fun. And so I had people listening to, to yeah. me because I had my Facebook group and all that type of stuff. Easy, Anyways, adver- easy advertising, easy, easy advertising. And they were, they were, trying to pay these other, you know, third party organizations a lot of money to do what I was doing for free through Facebook. Yeah. And uh and now, you know, look at us now, right? I, I, <laughs> there's times when I look back, I'm like, man, I wish I would have just stuck to my guns or <laughs> but I was like a young 20 year old, you know, I didn't know yeah you, know? you can never um, know the trends, can you? Like you no. like I feel like sometimes it just takes some luck for like there's just some people that are able to catch on to those trends and be like, okay, I'm gonna stick with it. Or they just get lucky and they're like they just kept doing it and they're like, oh, this is a trend now. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'm here. I've been doing it. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Um and uh so yeah so but to answer your question about moving to New York, it was uh, 
it was like the best next option for me because one, I had that acting scholarship um, that I had won. Um, so after I had quit radio, I decided to pursue acting, had a manager. She put me through this competition, got the scholarship. And I moved to New York City like four weeks after I got the scholarship. And oh, um, nice. I just fell in love with the city, fell in love with the culture. Um, I loved my time in New York. And uh, I did many things. It wasn't just acting. I was also producing and writing. I, I did a little bit of comedy, did work for Funny or Die, College Humor. Um did work for BBC America. I did work for, you know, New York City Comic Con. Those are just the big names. I, I, yeah. did, a lot of, I did a lot of small projects and things like that as well. Uh, yeah, man, I, I worked in marketing as well. Um, as as because I, I I needed something that would would supplement my living in New York, so I needed yeah. a, a, a real big boy job. <laughs> and, um, so that's how I got into marketing. And, uh, and then, yeah, in 2015, I didn't like, uh, I didn't like, I didn't like living in New York anymore. I, I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. And I was also going through a spiritual awakening at the time. Okay. And, uh, and it, it just, a lot of things became very apparent to me around 2014, 2015. What and, changed um, for you? Would you say like, what was it that you maybe started seeing as a bit different? A lot of things. Mm. Um, one of which I guess the main big point was realizing that, um, how do I say this? I realized that there was a lot more going on, um, in the world than we were being told. Uh, I already, I always had my suspicions about how things work in the world, mm. but yeah, around 2014, I started waking up to the fact that. I am more than just this black guy here, uh, you know, walk, living in New York. I, I started realizing that there was there was a spirit to me. And um, and as I started waking up to this idea of uh, that, my imagination creates reality and this and the other, I started realizing that, like, a lot of the things I had been creating in my life unconsciously were actually affecting me negatively. And so, um, I, I don't know. I just couldn't live in New York anymore. It was just, it, it the, the appeal of New York city just, just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Nothing really made sense to me at the time. So I, I just, I moved back to Texas for a very short bit, bit of time to recollect myself and like, who am I? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, 2015 was a year of like, who am I? Like, I, I thought I was this whole different thing i thought it was going in a whole direction in life yeah you know i thought it was going to be famous i thought you know like the most important thing was getting an oscar or you know getting known um in all the comedy circles and like based on where i was in my career at the time i was actually on a pretty good trajectory mm. uh but i just started realizing i didn't want to take part in what I would now call like the dumbing down of society and, um, and so on and so forth. How so? so what, I, what would you say is the dumbing down of society? How would you describe that? Like, is that oh, in terms of media that we're told and like, you know, lies that politicians tell people is like, yeah. yeah, your issues are based on immigrants. And it's like, no, they're based on your poor management <laughs> of, yeah, yeah. of services. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, 
I, I would say this. I was I was under the impression that well, it's 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 a mixed bag because I've always been independent, but when I moved to New York, I started taking on this whole idea that um because of because of my immutable characteristics, I'm a victim. And um and I need to I need to get quote unquote them to change in order to get me the 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 benefits that I'm looking for, apparently, right? Mm. So and I started realizing that um around 2013, 2014, um, I was starting to see a lot of um just victim culture started really becoming big. And I would always be like, well, you're way more than that. You you can do things. You're you got skills. I'm, I'm not just saying that to myself, but yeah. to other people. And nobody really wanted to hear that. And I it, I was really having a hard time time with it. And um, then you add to it, I was also making terrible choices. Um, you know, I was uh uh you know, drinking too much, doing drugs, those type of things. And I realized now it was it was coping mechanisms or numbing mechanisms and stuff like that. Right. Boy, you're so so I yeah. Up. yeah. And so I was I was waking up to that. And then, uh, yeah, in 2015, I, I left because. I realized that the city didn't want somebody like me around. And mm. so I, I needed to figure out what to do next. Um, and it wasn't so much the city. I really do believe it was the industry that I was in. They yeah. were going a certain direction. And I and I somebody who thinks like me just doesn't fit. So I was trying to find find my own my own path. Your own space. Yeah. Sort of mm-hmm. seeing where seeing where you can maybe not even fit in, but just craft your own space where you can exist and like minded yeah. people can join and like well, people that are even just like, that's cool. You do you. Yeah. I, I, me. I, like we can all just do our own things and still exist nicely, you know? Yeah. When I, when I discovered that what I'm, what I say to myself about myself creates my reality, mm. it, it really changed things. I, I really couldn't buy, I really couldn't buy into the victim mentality. And um, I, I, I just started assessing things differently um, like music started changing, like the way I listened to music changed, like the lyrics of songs were just like, whoa, y'all been, y'all been cluing us into this for a while. <laughs> You've been telling us, you've been drip, drip feeding it for a while. Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. like they, it wasn't just music. Like, yeah. for example, like I, Bob Marley's um, Redemption song, which is, you know, still one of my favorite songs. He says, free yourself from mental slavery. None but ourselves can, or, uh, have no fear for atomic energy. None of none but ourselves can stop the time, or something like that. I might be messing up those lyrics, but when he says "free yourself from mental slavery," I was like, I've known that song since I was a little kid, and I yeah. never it never caught until around this time. And I was like, okay, I need to free myself. Um, I started realizing that like the whole dream of living in New York city and uh, all that type of stuff was, we were actually prisoners of our own selves in that city. And uh, I just, I just had to free myself. So did the, so I guess from what I'm hearing, sort of like the industry, like, and the city sort of just made it like, it was sort of, as we said, it's the city that never sleeps. 
So you're sort of probably always on, like either you might be performing or you might be doing a comedy night or one day you're going out for drinks and then you got acting in the morning and then like, but everyone also is absorbed in this sort of bubble. Um, and like for you, something sort of just clicked for you. Something just started to, to change and you're like, yeah. nah, I, this, this can't be me. Like I, I need to go figure myself out. So how, how did you go figure yourself out then? Um, well, uh, well, me figuring myself out again, started around 2014, um, in 2015, um, there was some BLM uh, protests that were going on and uh i i realized that the narrative that the news was saying about what was going on wasn't true at at to what my eyes were seeing mm-hmm. um and i couldn't help but notice how so many people in that city believed the same thing that the news was saying i was like but I was just marching with you guys, and this is not at all what happened. <laughs> this is not what we happened. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I need to stop. So I mm-hmm. I I moved back home again. Like I said earlier, I moved back home for a little bit just to breathe and see what was what was my next move and stuff. And uh, I became an artistic director in a theater. And as I was there, I was helping others. Mm-hmm create art, create mm. work, um, using the skills that I learned in New York City to help others in the Houston area. Um, and as I was doing that, I just realized that, yeah, I really do have the ability of creating my reality. I I, I can have what I want. I can manifest things um, just by declaring it and deciding that that's who I am. Um, and uh, I, I really just started putting that into my spiritual practice. I, I, I started praying um, every day and by praying um, it's to go within and, uh, and, and find my oneness with uh, God. And, um, and then through that, I just, I just started doing things. I, I, yeah. I was, I was, I was creating things. I was doing things. And then uh, I, I, I decided I wanted this like job that paid me more than I, I I'd ever wanted before, more than I'd ever been paid before, and uh, to do something so ridiculous. And I ended up uh, getting this 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 one gig that just like kind of changed changed the trajectory of how I approach life. Mm. And um, what was and what like, was the gig, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I got. Uh, I got a job with this uh, marketing company doing word of mouth marketing, um, which is something I'd never really heard of before. And it uh, uh, basically my job was to go around the city of Houston and um, and interact with people, everyday people, just Mm. have conversations, talk to them. And then if 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 they were interested in hearing anything about what I was up to, I would then tell them what I was up to, which was. uh, basically my job was to teach people about the flu virus and how, how to prevent it. And, um, and we were working for some pharmaceutical device company and, uh, doing all that, but the, it, it was awesome. It was an awesome job, literally perfect for me. Like my, my, my personality and all that type of stuff. And then, you know, some, 
months, literally months after starting the gig, they promoted me to market manager, moved me up to Chicago. Wow. That, hello. He was on the streets and now, now he's up in the office, guys. Come on. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I was still in the streets in Chicago, but I, I got to make my own schedule. I got yeah. to do my own things. These are things that like you always dream about, like that you get to, you know, get a nice gig and that lets you do your own thing and you get to be your own boss. Um, I mean, I, I had a boss, but he yeah. he didn't live in Chicago. Right. And I was I was on my own. So it's kind of like you, you you have someone to answer to, but like they're not there. So it's like, I'm, I'm OK. I'm OK. Yeah, if he met, comes in, met. we'll just tell him it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> we, we met like once a week. And 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 and, and, and by meet it was uh, on the phone. And by that, it was just like, Jerry, you're doing a good job. I was like, yeah, I, OK. Oh, um, thanks. So, yeah. <laughs> Except for the times that I wasn't doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> that's a story. That's a story for another day. That's a longer um, phone call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um like, it's only one time. It was like like I'm specifically remember one time that he that he got on on my case. And I, I was again, I was still in this spiritual journey. So I was still trying to figure out a lot of things. Um, so that 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 had a lot to do with it. But um but other than that, man, it was it was just good. It was just good. Mm. Like it was when I, when I when I started really taking responsibility for what I'm creating in my life, things started changing for the better. Um, I mean, obviously there were some uh, you know things that would slough off or break down because I wasn't that guy anymore. Yeah, um, and you know you had to integrate a lot of that. Uh, the newness that I was creating for myself, but yeah, that's, that's how I did that. Did I answer your question? Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> um, I guess I, there was just, so, I guess it was a sort of a lot of change for you. Um, yes, and that a lot of change. Yeah. And that the fact but that you're willing to embrace that change though, because the fact mm-hmm. is that you decided, okay, this living here in New York is not for me. And you were able to go back to Texas and, then sort of reinvigor your creative side in theater and helping others also develop their creative aspects of themselves too. And, you know, and then we talked about this dream job that you got. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think in all of them, your creativity was definitely being shown in sort of different ways. Um, And one thing actually, which I wanted to ask in terms of, um, we talked to, we talked about you being in radio, you being on in TV and theater and stuff, um, and marketing. So you've been all around the creative industry. Um, I wanted to find out, so what lessons have you taken from being within the creative industry? Mm, that's a good question. Well, um, I, well, one thing that I've picked up through the years is that everybody's in a creative industry. I don't, I, I, that was one of the most annoying things I would hear. It's just like, ah, oh, Jerry, you're creative, but I could never be creative. I'm like, nah, accountants are creative. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're very you creative. Know, very creative. I mean, they do things that I can't do. You know, I, I know this sounds ridiculous, but dude, the way they make Excel spreadsheets and all of that stuff, and they, they have to do the coding. Yeah, and they, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> How did you even come up with that? How did you do that? That's that's what creativity. It we all do it. We all wake up and we all create. 
we create our breakfast, we create our relationships, we create the clothes we're going to wear today. And I mean, maybe you didn't physically sew the, the shirt, but you were creative enough to go to the store and be like, hey, that that looks that will look good on me. Yeah. You know, that's a creative act. It's a creative act to um, it's a creative act to come up with that compelling email sales, that sales letter. Right. It's a creative act to, uh, you know, I, I have clients that are like um, stay at home moms. It's a creative act to come up with that curriculum you're going to teach your children. It's all create. It's all creativity. And when I started realizing that creativity is it's more than just theater um, or music, uh, it really changed my approach to how I interact with other human beings because I realized that we're all creating. Like right now, we're creating. Yeah. Yeah. Conversation, right? So, and and but I think I really picked that up when I was. a big chunk of my training was in improv in uh, New York city. And we would do uh, corporate trainings and things like that. So uh, that's when I really started realizing that anybody is create, everybody is creative. Yeah. No and, way. And trying yeah. to convey that, trying to convey that to people who would say that they're not creative was, was a challenge. Um, but I was like, you even saying that is a create you saying I, I can't create is a creative act. So, um, so yeah, that, that's, that would probably be the biggest thing that I learned was that just because I was a theater nerd or, uh, you know, uh, you know, um, in the quote unquote creative industry did not make me the special creative every, I, I had, I realized that everybody was creative. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, I agree with you. Like I, even, even when we, um, because I work in sort of social care settings um, and they're always like, yeah, try and get creative with your solutions. It's one because they don't have money to, <laughs> to buy stuff, but you've got to be creative. You've got to think of something else. You've got to think of a different way of approaching something. You've got to think of a different way of how you can engage a kid. Like how are you going to maybe use play or use toys or, you know, use maybe movies and there's 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 ways that we can all be creative in whatever role we're doing. Like you said, the accountant. Like one of my friends is an accountant, and whenever she tells me some of the stuff that they're doing, I'm just like, that that just goes over my head. Like, but you know, like you said, they can get creative. I mean, we saw the banks get creative in 2010, so <laughs> everyone can get creative in their own ways. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, I think that's good for people to be able to hear because I think it can help you then in different stages of your life, like how you, how you use creativity as a parent, how you use creativity as a friend. Like, I think there's mm-hmm. different ways then you can approach it and be like, okay, this is what I can do to do this. Yeah. Now, I I mean, I get it that people have this idea that a creative is like, um, you know, a creative is somebody who works in a creative industry, which is a circle circular definition. But, uh, but in actuality, creativity is using your imagination to solve a problem. It's mm-hmm. just using your idea, your, your imagination to come up with new ideas. It's not, it's, it's not this mystical thing that people can't do 
it, it you know, um, it, it just is that that's just what it is. Yeah. That's a great definition for it as well. It's, it's, it, it doesn't sort of cancel out anybody, but then also at the same time just allows for the, the freedom of expression, isn't it? Like Jeff Bezos, look at Amazon. He found a salute. He found, he saw a problem creator who would have ever thought you could have had trucks all over the world and like moving warehouses and all of this that takes imagination that takes creativity like so i think i think yeah i think that's a good way for i think i think what he said was jeff bezos if i don't if i'm not mistaken when he first started amazon back in like 95 or 96 he said that um he wanted to create he wanted to create the like the, the the ultimate store but he couldn't create the ultimate store so he said i'm going to create the ultimate bookstore mm-hmm. and so it all started off with this online bookstore that you could literally come to with one click you, your book will be there in a handful of days and um and then that's where that's why he was able to create amazon because he actually had this whole idea from the get go remember yeah. this whole idea that's the one stop shop to get everything that you needed but obviously he he didn't have the means to do that. So he started with what he could and he got creative. And they go, yeah, exactly. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. To imagine he also could have never, like we would have never had Amazon if he was like, well, I can't create the almost store. So I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to bother. I'm not going to do it. Like, and then who knows what the world would look like without Amazon. That would actually be really weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It'd be, I mean, I sometimes wonder, I was like, well, somebody would have, right. I, I don't know. And sometimes I'm just yeah. like, somebody would have, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. It would have but, definitely um, been different. We never know. But like, yeah, someone you would have had to think, OK, if he's not going to do it, maybe just we develop later. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I sometimes I wonder about ideas. I, I, I do. I do believe that we're actually swimming through a sea of ideas and we kind of. We, we catch them. And then we either do something with it or we just let it go. Like we okay. just caught a catfish and then I just released it because there are, there are things that I've thought about that now exist today that mm. when I was like 20, that I was just like, Oh, this would be a great idea, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. And yeah. I just don't bother. And, you know, and so it's just like, someone else does it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, like, I remember, I remember when I was in college, I was a waiter, uh, uh, I was a waiter and I was really annoyed with having to um, we, like we had repeating customers, a lot of repeating customers, yeah. obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, everyone, you like the regulars. They bring you the money, but they, they can stress the you out. Though. <laughs> yeah. Because one, because I know what they're going to order. Yeah. But I still have to do the 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 whole thing of going up to their table and asking them what do you all want to order. Yeah. And they will order the same things. I was like, man, you know, what would be awesome is if we could have like, like, like a little computer on the, on the table, nothing too big. Cause you want space to eat, but just something on the table to where they could just order and we just bring it right out to them. Like, like I never have to even ask them any questions. I don't mess up their order or anything like that. Yeah. Right? 
I was like, and me and my friends were laughing about it. Oh, that'd be so cool. But like, how are computers ever going to be that small? <laughs> I mean, it's my phone. <laughs> Just looking at I, Exactly. Now, now we have the phone and all you have to do is have a QR code and like take a picture of it and you have the menu and you just click on yeah, it, you know, yeah. all that type of stuff. And now we exist. So like, again, back to the whole idea of there are, there are ideas out. We have these ideas all the time. And what happens is our rational, logical mind negates it and Mm -hmm. says, well, if I look back on your history, there's no way you're going to be able to do this. And so your your rational brain says, well, don't worry about it. Based on your history, there's no reason for you to do this. And um, and so you just let it go. And it's so it happens so quickly and automatic. Um, and if you can learn that what's actually happening is your imagination is, is, is the primary, is your primary faculty. You can actually go after things despite what your history says and, um, and, and, and start creating things and, you know, and, and helping the world or else somebody else is going to take the idea. Your ideas aren't original to you. You're just the one who's running with it or not. Yeah, to be fair, I feel like there's no ever original idea. Um, I feel like we sort of recycle things, um, but then they sort of just change over time. Um, but I, yeah, I, you know what? It's quite unfortunate that we, as children, we dream, we imagine, we play, we build our own worlds and universes. And like, you can just be anyone you want to be. Like, even like I'll say, I was, oh, you know, I was talking to someone before, um, before this podcast and I was saying, yeah, when I was a kid, I looked at how much social workers wanted, wanted to make. And I didn't want to be one because I was like, they don't make any money. Um, but I was like, as a kid, I wanted to be like a DJ. I wanted to be an actor. Um, I would still love to be, um, but not, not following. But I can, you know what? I can, I, I can do it maybe in a different way. I can go around um, the director. But like, I always loved movies. I loved TV. So like actor and director, that was always something that I really wanted to do. Um Do I ever want to be an astronaut? No, but I'd love to be an astronaut now. I'd love to go to space just once. If Elon can go, why can't I? Like, just just give me, just give us another 20 years or so. I'll be there. I'll be there. Um, But for adults, for us as now, we think about these things and we're like, I can't do that. Like, I can't do this. But like, Mm -hmm. there was never that reservation as a kid. All there was, was you, your brain, and the rocks that were on the floor that you then thought I'm like Magneto and I can control everything like, or Professor X. And yeah, it's, I, I, I miss sort of being able to have that innocence joy as a kid. Mm. And I do wonder how, because I think as adults, we hundred percent need to be able to tap back into that to be able to let ourselves dream and let ourselves imagine what our lives can be and then go and get it. Like maybe that's also the best part about being an adult is that we can still dream, but then we know how to go and get it. Or like we can try. When you're a kid, you don't know how to go and <laughs> go and be an actor. Your your mom is the one that probably takes you around to all the acting coaches and stuff like this and that. As a kid, you don't know what to do. But as an adult, you can dream and hopefully put a plan to it. That's 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 what I'd like. Hmm. Hmm. 
Um, yeah. Like I said about the logical, rational part of your brain, um, as you get older, those start just because of society, creativity or not creativity, society, culture, all that type of stuff. We get stuck in our ways based on past occurrences and circumstances. And the more we give life to those past occurrences and circumstances, the more it hardens into effect. Whereas as a child does, a child hasn't hasn't learned their reasoning faculties. And so there's nothing there to limit them from creating this dream world that they want. But what happens is as they get older, their parents say, stop dreaming or their friends say, why are you doing that? You're such yeah. a dork. You're lame, um, whatever. And they're like, oh, no, you know what? You're right. I'm just going to fit in. And then you go and get your career doing more fitting in. Right. Um, the more you do that, the more. The more you do that, the less you have trust in yourself the less you have um, uh, trust that you have any ability of doing anything grand or awesome. Uh, like if you're, if you really want to like go to space or whatever it is, if you came to me as, as a coach, um, if you came to me as a coach, I would say, well then do it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, I was like, yeah, but like, I, yeah, but yeah. I, do, I, do already, I was already thinking of the butts. So I was already like, but I just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the yeah, but is the rational, is the rational, logical brain. Mm. It is what keeps you stuck in your way. And like, and from my studies, from my experience, I can tell you that if you say you want to be a specific type of person, it doesn't matter how old you are. And you have the willingness to persist in the knowing that you are that person, you will be that person. Yeah. And um, so if like if it is that you want to go to space, I'd be like, well, then go to SpaceX. Yeah, that's yeah, go, true. go, go. You know, I mean, I, well, actually, I wouldn't ever tell anybody what to do. <laughs> go no, and find but, Elon. <laughs> but but if but the but the fact of the matter is go to, go there if yeah. you are if you want to be in space first thing i would tell you is then you're an astronaut you'd be like yeah but now but i i can't i was like no but you are if you want to be then you are it's not it, i don't know how long it's going to take you to get there but you are that, that's just no ifs ands or buts if that's truly your desire then you are that person then I would say as a coach, obviously, as I'm working with them, is like, why haven't you gone and seen if you can be a janitor at SpaceX? You know, why why haven't you gone and worked for, you know, a rocket company or something just to get in the vicinity yeah, of those people? Of the dream. You know yeah, saying? definitely. Like once you're around them, then your change, then your then your thinking's already gonna start changing, isn't it? Because then you're like, oh. Like because I'm in the building, like, oh, okay. You're gonna and then you can meet the scientists and you can chat with them. And then right. one, you're getting excited because you're looking at all of this and you're like, oh my gosh, like look at it. This this is gonna yeah. go onto Mars. Like, so yeah, I've you know what? So do you think it's as you're saying, in terms of when you're coaching, if someone says they want to be something and you say, Okay, this is what you want to be, if this is who you want to be, then you're it. Like, is it, I don't know, is it that 
easy to just believe that or like I'm just thinking like for myself like okay if I say I want to be this if I say I want to do this does that mean I'm there I'm not there obviously I know where I want to be but can I start calling myself it if I'm not there yet I I I'm not I'm not saying that you go around going telling people that you're an astronaut. <laughs> no. <laughs> what, what, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that within yourself, you must know that you already are that person, despite mm. what the external world is saying. And in fact, I wouldn't even say go and try to change the external world to see you that way, because that would that's insane. Um, what I am saying, though, is. It's almost like Kanye West. When when Kanye West first started in the rap industry, he knew himself to be the best rapper, best producer. You know, no one's going to stop him. And then he would tell and tell people because he knew he would tell people because he knew it inside himself. Right. Yeah. And everybody would be like, no, you're what are you talking about? You're lame. You're not from the streets. You know, you're not you're not doing this, that, any other. And it didn't it didn't matter to him. Why? Because he was. He already was that person. Right now, if you but if you're going around being like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be all you're going to get is I'm going to be all you're ever going to get is I'm going to be. So you have to start seeing yourself before anybody else can see you as that type of person, because the only person who will ever actually know it is you. Yeah. you got to change the language. I am rather than I'll be, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it's so subtle. And you asked if it's if it's that easy and it's it's how does my mentor say it? he's like, it's it's um it's simple, but it ain't easy. Mm. OK, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, because, yeah, it's not going to be easy. And yeah. nothing, and the reason why easy, but. And, and the reason why it's not easy is only because you have you have to train yourself to see yourself that way. Mm. which is not easy because like i said the rational logical says no you're not no there's no evidence to prove that <laughs> what do you mean no <laughs> there's no way why would you what would give you the audacity <laughs> to think that that's true you know it's like there's no there's no proof there's no proof and there won't be proof there's never proof there's never proof yeah so you've just sort of got to you've just sort of got to dare to dream and then just be able to figure out how you're going to get there next whether you know whether you do get a mentor or whether you seek advice from somebody to support you with that or you know i mean i think the good thing about sort of the world we live in now is that there's so many resources out there that you can already start to make the next steps to what you want to become um which i think is 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 quite fantastic um i wanted to just ask you in terms of um, I wanted to stick on creativity, but I wanted to focus it on how it's impacted you as a father. Um, and I also guess, could you just tell me a bit about your family and you guys also now living in Hawaii too? Make us all jealous, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, you know, it's funny about being a father, being a dad is I, I've definitely taken life a little bit more seriously mm-hmm. um, uh, just because I, I want my I want my son to or my sons. I have two sons. Um, I want them to I, I don't want to see the spark die 
in them. So, you know, I, I try my best to remind them how awesome they are. Um, remind them that they, they can, my son loves to say he can't. Mm. Uh, <laughs> no and, such uh, word. I remember hearing yeah, that. Like, no yeah, such yeah. word. <laughs> no, sir. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. My, my, my son, my oldest son, he, he's six and he's super easy. He's not, he's not a handful. So I don't know. I think he makes it very easy to be a, a dad. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, so, but as far as creativity is concerned, I'm, I come from the creative industry. So I, I have an easy time with kids. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like I, I love them because they, they imagine we get to play games, all those yeah. things. Um, I think the hardest thing for me to do is, is, is teaching him discipline because as a creative discipline is like a, a not, not non-existent uh, mm. thing. No, I'm kidding. It, it is, but it's kind of different, right? It's like, Oh, well just do your thing. Oh. And I'm realizing as he gets older, it's like, no, nah, I, I have to create, create boundaries. Yeah. Um, you know, I have to uh, create, uh, 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 you know, discipline and all those type of things. But yeah, I mean, I'm doing that for myself. So why wouldn't I do that for him? Uh, so that's on that, on that tip um, of, of being a father. I, I, I just see my, I can see my younger self in him. And so a lot of the, what I do is um, try to create myself to be the version that I would love to him to be mm. and for him to follow. Um, and, you know, if I had a daughter, um, it would probably be something along the lines of wanting to be the type of man, or I want to grow up to be the type of man that I would want my daughter to marry. Yeah. And uh, so on and so forth. Uh, and as long as I keep that in mind or keep that in my imagination, I will always strive to moving towards that, to that, towards that direction. Right. Um, but to answer your question about Hawaii, um, uh, I manifested, I manifested my, my living here. I, it, it, it really was a pretty awesome turn of events. I was living in Chicago and um this was this was during covid this is 2020 and i uh i couldn't stand living in chicago anymore um for two years my wife and i had been talking about homesteading mm. living a more rural life a simpler life okay i've been living in cities my whole, whole life and i was like ah I, I need to get to a simple life. I'm I done with this. <laughs> I'm done with it. I there's there's nothing here for me. Y'all, y'all, y'all have all proven to me that y'all don't want me. <laughs> um, so <laughs> and so I uh for years my wife and I talked 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 about you know living like an hour outside of a city, just having a little plot of land, growing our own yeah. food, just living simple. Got a bit of that but best more, of both worlds, isn't it? Yeah. We can still drive to the city, but we can still do our own stuff. Exactly. And, but we never made any moves. And then um, COVID happened. And yeah, man, the city just went dead. A complete 180. Complete 180. I mean, and the thing is, I saw it coming. But when mm -hmm. I when you see it, when you when you're aware of what's what's happening politically in the world, um, and then you see it physically happen, you're like, uh-uh. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm out. Uh, but but again, it was it was it was starting to get really dire. Like crime was going up, mm. and um, like our catalytic converter got stolen. 
uh, a bullet came through our window and had had my wife not gotten up from dinner like five minutes prior, it would have gone right through her. Literally would have gone right through her. Mm -hmm. And we were in a nice neighborhood. And and like, uh, you know, the cops came and they couldn't care less. And I was like, this is not. They've probably seen so much that, <laughs> that week, isn't yeah, it? They, like, they were just oh, like, oh, whatever. This, this happens. There's nothing we can do. Literally, they were just <laughs> saying that to us. I was like, okay, well, then yeah. there's no point in us living here then. Well, it's going to fly through windows. Eh? Yeah, like, think, like it, was, it was crazy, man. And um, so I was, I, I, I just, I, I did what I teach people to do. It's like, all right, fine. You want to change? Don't go and try to change the world change yourself. So what I would do is um, I would go, I would literally go into the closet, like scripture says, Mm. and uh, I would close the door. I would literally put blindfolds over my eye and earplugs in my ear. So I couldn't, I I was completely removed from the outside world. And I would just pray on the feeling of home. I literally just meditated on home. And I just like, I'm home, I'm home. I didn't know where home was. I didn't know anything about that. All I knew was where I was living currently wasn't home. Mm. And um, so, yeah, I did that for about a month and a half. And then um, uh, a vision came in my meditation and it was my son playing on some rocks. And I felt some tropical wind on my face and I could see my knees. I was like, ah, that's that's it. I'm there. I didn't know where there was, but I was like, I'm there. I'm there. I'm home. I'm home. Yeah, I'm home. I'm home. And I, I let it go. And then a month after that. I woke up on January 8th. I woke up January 8th uh, in the middle of the night thinking that I lived in Hawaii. Like, <laughs> what? 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 What, are you talk- what are you talking about? This is, this is Chicago and it's cold as hell, man. What yeah, are you talking yeah, yeah. about? And then the bullet just came through the window. <laughs> and then bullet just came through the window. No, it was cold as Chicago. And I was like, ah, and I shook it off and I, I grabbed my phone to see what time it was. And it said 3.30 in the morning and there was a notification on it. And it said one-way tickets to Honolulu for $99. And uh, yeah, I I I, I knew exactly what it meant. My, yeah. my my whole internal dialogue knew exactly. My gut knew it what it meant. My rational, logical brain was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, what you are did. you doing? This is crazy. What are you going to do? How are you going to do that? Only rich people live in Hawaii. You can't do that. What makes you think that?" Blah 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 blah. Fifteen minutes later, I bought three one-way tickets, and then um, and then I told my wife couple hours later that we're moving in six weeks and um and so yeah we we we, i bought those tickets january 8th and we moved to hawaii on march 1st of 2021 nice and um yeah man dude it was like it it was one of the things they even said to my wife was like all right because january 6th had just happened so we oh, just you did the whole uh <laughs> so we, we had just done the whole Black Lives Matter protests yeah, and riots yeah, that were yeah. going on, right? And then the whole January 6th thing. Then so now in my head, I'm like took a storm to like this, this country is about to go to shit. <laughs> you know? So I said to my wife, it's a powder like, well, keg. Yeah, it's a powder keg. It's literally going. And I said to my wife, I was like, Well, if the world's gonna end, at least let's do it in paradise. <laughs> let's be, you know. <laughs> And uh, so palm trees helps. Palm trees help. You know, <laughs> pineapples. You they know, have the, they have the the um, the longest life expectancies in the state, and uh, it's always beautiful and all this. Anyway, that's, that's just that's all sides. 
that's all side story, but it was, um, I literally took a leap of faith to get here. I, there was no reason for me to believe that, um, we'd even find a place to live, bro. Mm. I, I didn't, I didn't know anything about Hawaii. I legitimately thought the only people who live in Hawaii are Hawaiians and rich people. Yeah. I, I, that was it. I, I didn't even know black people lived here. I, I found right. out black people lived here after I moved. It took me two years <laughs> to realize how many black people live here. And there's, there's a good amount. Yeah. There's um, quite a few when I went. So there's quite a few. There's quite a lot of diversity anyway, but I don't know whether, I think that's just, I don't know whether that was partially because it is a holiday destination. I think partially, but then it is also America are, still, yeah. isn't it? So you still yeah. got quite yeah. a bit of diversity. Yeah. There, there, I mean, you're not going to find as many black people here in Hawaii as you would in Houston. Yeah. You know, those are pretty big black populations, but I mean, it's fine. No, I, I never wanted anybody to really see me that way. Anyways, I just wanted people to just see me for my, my merit and what I, what I'm up to. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I know people see me as a, as a black man, but I don't care. And, and they don't, it doesn't seem like they care that much here either. So I I like it. They definitely don't care as much as they do in Chicago. That's for sure. So yeah, I'm sure um, of that. <laughs> yeah. What 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 is there to stress about when you've got palm trees swinging? Like you don't have time to be this saying, "Oh, you're black, you're this, you're that." Listen, just go for a swim in the ocean. Yeah, just go 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 take a dip in the spring. Go in the ocean. Sip a pina colada? No, no. Yeah, you can't be mad. Um, I had no. too many margaritas when I was there, to be fair, but I was enjoying I, myself. I will say this, though. Um, and and it, it doesn't matter where you live. You'll always be there. You can never escape yourself. That was probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned in the two years that I've moved here. Is It's like, I, I can't escape myself. Just because I live in Hawaii, it doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sure. The living arrangements are a little different. It is more expensive out here than, well, it's not that much more expensive than it was in Chicago, but it is pretty expensive and all that, but I'm, it's still me. Mm. I'm the one who's, I'm the one who's creating my life. Yeah. I can't, there's no one for me to point my finger at. I can't be upset at anybody. Um, it's all within me everything I'm experiencing. So if I live here or live in Chicago, live in, you know, Saskatchewan or whatever, I am still there and I'm still dealing with the messes that I create or not messes that I create. Do do you think though it is important like to sort of choose where you live? Like I remember I was reading Will Smith's book and he's, he talked about how LA had such a, a vibe and just he always felt more motivated there like he said he always felt more creative there um i don't i don't know i don't know what what it would have been about la but he was like he felt it's quite important to choose where you live i think just as important as your partner i think that's what he put in his book so i thought okay that's that's quite interesting i would agree with that yes mm. um despite what I said, I would agree with that. The thing is, when you are choosing your place, just like you would your partner, there are certain things that you need. And there are certain things that um, that that are in line with your ideal. Mm. 
right? So if you have a standard or ideals or whatever, like of course Will Smith liked LA. He's an actor. Like yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But you know, if, if if you you know, I I don't live in a city, but that's because I want a homestead. Mm. Right. So um, you know, everybody's different, everybody's looking for something different. Um, you are the 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 quote, you are the 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 you are the the summation of the five people, the the five people you hang out with the most, right? Well, it's true. Um, it's also true that the that the rise and fall of a of a nation or the rise and fall of a city can be determined by the rise and fall of the ideas of those people. So, you know, if you if you are in a particular industry that's let's that you really want to be in, yeah, you're gonna go and go to that city or go to that area that most of those people are. If you really like tech, yeah, you move to Northern California. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you if you if you really like crumpets, you go to you go to London. Like, <laughs> if you like cold weather, <laughs> then go yeah, ahead you know, and um but that said, you know. The, again, back to the whole rise and fall of ideas. The ideas of certain areas or communities or whatever let you know what you're going to get when you get into those areas. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I always thought that I wanted to live in Chicago. I always thought that. Um, like since, I don't know, since I was like, in high school or something. I always yeah. thought I would live in Chicago someday. And then when I moved to Chicago, I immediately figured out that Chicago not and Jerry do not mix. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you, I guess but you it was because of the ideas that they held. Yeah. It was because of the ideas that they held. Mm -hmm. And also you would have never known if you didn't go, you know, you, you had to sort That's of go awesome. to be like, okay, yeah, no, don't like it. <laughs> don't like this bullet coming through my window or the cold. No, no, not at all. No, I didn't like the bullet coming through my window. I didn't like the excuses that people would make when crime was happening. Um, I, I just didn't like Chicago. I mean, it's a beautiful town, beautiful place to visit. Um, I'm, in fact, I'm going to be going there in a couple of weeks. So I'm not I'm not here to bash cities. I'm not yeah. here to bash anything. I'm just saying that you need to know yourself. First and foremost, mm. you have to know yourself. Also, I would recommend to folks travel. If you have the means, well, you don't even need the means. Figure out a way to travel and meet people in different towns, different places. And you'll see for yourself that, oh, there is culture and in different towns and different places. And what is culture? Yeah. Culture is the is the is the I guess culture. the norms and values of the place. It's the norms and values it? of a place, exactly. Yeah. And do they jive with yours? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I one thing which I think at the end of our trip to Hawaii, my mom asked us, was like, oh, what was one thing that sort of Hawaii showed you? Um, and I was like to them, because I had I had expressed to them that I'd love to go and live in Australia one day because I mm -hmm. I'm, I'm always looking at YouTube channels of like property in Australia and it just looks absolutely lush and it it looks like the sort of living I would want for my house in terms of I'd love to have the just a seamless between outdoor and indoor 
And when I was in Hawaii, I was like, the weather's lush. It's warm. I'm getting darker. Like (laughs) I can swim in the ocean just, and it's, it's just bliss. Like it's, it's completely different. Like Hawaii was completely different to what the UK is. Um, Oh yeah. And you just, you just feel happier. Like, and one thing as well, which we notice is like, people seem to do more things outside with each other. Like people were having barbecues on the Sunday. Like you saw families, like look like they have, look like they do this every weekend. Like they got big ass tents, barbecues, people are playing volleyball. I'm like, that's how I want to spend my Sunday. Like as much as, as much as I like England, like I love heat. Like heat is just something which is cool to my bone. Like my parents were from Zimbabwe. Like I was born there. Like I, I lived in England all my life. But like for them, they've grown up in heat all their life. So it's like I don't know what my life will look like if I go to Australia. But um, I'm nervous. Like, can I still do black and raw and still do that? But one thing which I said to myself is like, you know what? Sure, you if you go to Australia and if you go and live there, then yeah, you're not you, you haven't got London close to you. You haven't got America just close to you. But I was like, I just have to make myself loud enough and big enough that they have to, they still have to mm. contact me from wherever I am. Um, mm. so but I don't know what my life will look like, but it's something I've got to try, definitely. And just because of the weather, I think it's it, it's a game changer because mm-hmm you're outside more, you're doing activities more outside. Like there's just a lot more that can be done in nicer weather. And everyone's happier in nicer weather. It's just what it is. Like I'll I'll say this about Australia. I've been to Australia twice, Melbourne to be exact. And um, um, it's beautiful over there, Mm. but it gets cold. It does Mm. get cold. Okay. Uh, And um, because it's, 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 it's closer to Antarctica than any other than uh, maybe maybe South America might be closer to Antarctica, but yeah, it's pretty damn close. Sydney and, and Melbourne are towards the southern towards the southern part. Well, Melbourne's on the south, and then Sydney's close to the south. So you're going to get cold weather there. That's for sure. Um, yeah, so I just want to put that out there. No, so put that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah. <laughs> I get that. I'm like, um, what's going on, guys? What is this? Yeah, Am I in England? Yeah, but it also gets super hot there. So that just yeah, it's it, I love Melbourne. Melbourne's mm-hmm. beautiful, 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 beautiful area. Um, but about Hawaii, yeah, man. Um, there's there's something that Hawaiian people call mana, and it's basically the the spirit here. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, of course, aloha culture, uh, and and um they take things a little slower here. You know, we, we, we have a thing called Hawaii time, which I can't stand. Um, no different. It's, uh, it's, it's no, a black it's time. No different than, it's no different than CPT, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, but it seems to work here because that's just one, most of the islands, one in their island. So you, you yeah. can easily get caught up in traffic. Like there could be an accident and you're just, you just have to sit there and there's nowhere for you to go, you know? So everything, you just chill. I remember the first uh, accident that we found, we didn't get an accident, but we got caught behind an accident. We were like, 
screw it. We'll just go to the beach. And we just went to the beach. Yeah, it helps. It helps. Yeah, let's listen. We don't have to be stuck in this traffic, guys. Yeah. <laughs> let's just go. <laughs> yeah, just let's just go chill somewhere. And uh, so yeah. Um, yeah, man, it, it's 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 lovely out here. Um the people here have, have really embraced us where we live. Uh mm. and um honestly, I I what I would say to anybody who's listening is wherever it is that you are intending to to bring your family or live or whatever go within pray and 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 see what's in store for you i i like i said i didn't know anything about this place when i moved here i just followed intuition i followed my prayer and this is where it brought me in so of course i'm having a great time and being blessed and i i try not to forget i i try not to forget that this is what i asked for yeah 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 it's definitely yeah definitely I, and i think that just that gratitude to have to yourself i am um, i don't know if you know um catherine ryan the comedian um she's 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 canadian but she lives she lives in britain now um but i was listening to her on uh, the high performance podcast this morning um and she was just talking about how i think her manager was like never forget this moment when you're on the come up like because like she was like don't forget this feeling because it's at one point it's just going to sort of plateau and you're going to become just it's going to be norm to you he was like always be grateful for what's going on and i think for you i think you've shown that anyway to be honest with you but um i think that's just super important for anyone to take is that um there is things to be grateful for in your life um and just to see that and even when earlier we talked about victim mentality like there's just easy ways which you can actually be like okay no what are my strengths actually like why am i focusing on what's going bad for me when i can actually okay i do have this i do have that i have a good family not everyone has a good family like and, and then you just start to think of things that be like okay yeah maybe I'll, I'll whine a bit less but just that change of mentality can be so useful for us yeah for sure also recognize i mean you you're you're from africa or your family's from africa my family's from Africa. When I realize, like this is this is also a big part of why I couldn't do the do the New York City thing and why I don't like victim mentality is because I have cousins that are nowhere near as privileged as I am. Mm. Um, don't have anywhere near the the uh, you know accommodations, amenities, all these things that we can easily take for granted over here in the West. And I know my grandfather would only could only dream of living the way I live today. Mm. And why in God, why in God's name would I ever want to be a victim? You know, it, it, it would, it would be besmirching him and my cousins back home because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing anybody a favor by being like, Oh, the system's, you know, oppressing me or, or, woe is you me. know, what was me? It's, it's yeah. these people's fault that I'm not doing well. I was like, well, no, actually that's not true. It's your fault. And, and it, well, it might not be your fault. That's not what I'm saying. I shouldn't re retract my words. It's not to say that it's your fault, but it is your responsibility. 
It's not your, it doesn't necessarily mean it's your fault, but it is your responsibility. The fact that you are, you are here right now means that you can be creative and create something for yourself to get you in a better situation. Mm-hmm. The very fact that any of us, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what race you are, doesn't matter what sex you are. The very fact that you are here today, you owe this to everybody else who's come and gone, good or bad. You, we wouldn't be here had the things that happened in our history had not happened. I, I, no one has been able to convince me otherwise. And, and it's just like as, as atrocious as some of the things that have happened in, our, in, in, in the world's past mm. have been, I'm only comparing that to the way we live today. I know for a fact that 100 years, 200 years, 1,000 years from now, they're going to look at this time as this atrocious time period. That <laughs> yeah. I can't believe that. I can't believe that they sat on their computers with headphones yeah. on and did that. That's so barbaric. Like Honestly, these guys were backwards. Uh, they could talk <laughs> to anybody in the world. We can just like I don't know Screen ourselves I have no idea I have no idea yeah. What it looked like But yeah They will They were like Oh they really let Putin Get away with that <laughs> Dude, You weren't there crazy. You weren't there <laughs> You weren't there You weren't there Well it's crazy Because like Look I, I love history uh, one, one of my friends He's from London I'm at, As we're talking I keep thinking of him He's like He's gonna He's gonna just because of the conversations I have with him, he he would always push back on my on my view of the world because I I'm very optimistic. But I'm like, look, when you look back on history, just any history, let's like bring up Napoleon, for example. Mm-hmm. In his time, the things that he did, we would today would consider just awful things. But in his time, it was super progressive. Like that dude. That dude put down the aristocracy and gave freedoms to all sorts of people in France and in Germany and all that type of stuff. Yeah. That today Europeans take absolutely take for granted. But back then, the people who were in power thought that this dude was going to fuck everything up. (laughs) I mean, he was going, he was kind of did though, didn't he? A little bit. But if he didn't, we wouldn't where be would where be? we are today. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like that that's the thing that people don't realize is that like our whole civilization, human civilization has been about war and conquest and 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 debating ideas. That's all it's ever been. No one's ever gotten it right. No one will ever get it right. All we can do is go from moment to moment to moment and be and, and take what we take what we think is beneficial and drop the things that we think are are not. Yeah. We don't need to go and bitch and complain and say, look what they did. Look at all these awful things. It's like, well, then don't do those things. Simple as, Simple as that. Simple as that. But yeah, it's it's, it's a weird one. I, I feel like. I agree with you in terms of I'm I'm quite a pop up uh, I'm quite an optimistic person just in general. Um I always try and see what what good can be looked at from something. Um but I, you know what? It's funny enough, I was having a conversation with my cousin. We always have conversations about this. Um and we're like history often repeats itself. Like, you know, we we see some we see similar events like you know, Putin with now with Ukraine. We've seen Russia do the same thing. We've seen Germany do the same thing with we've seen other people. I mean, we've seen the US do 
atrocious things in South America. Now we're seeing China do atrocious things to weaker Muslims, like in the name of terror, war on terror, America. It all repeats itself. But for some reason, we keep ticking along. Like, I feel like we always come out of it. Um, I don't know if we come out of it better, but definitely different. We've learned some lessons, but then we're not, I don't know, it's slow progress. Like we said, who knows, in a thousand years time, they might be looking at us like, these barbarics, do they not know they could get rid of nukes this easy? Like, <laughs> who would have thought? Yeah, it was like, why did they even invent nukes in the first place? Man, um, you, you know, the Chinese people revere um, Genghis Khan. Blows my mind as to why that would be. This dude was a warlord. He ransacked places, totally just demolished towns and this, any other. But the the Chinese, the Asians, they wouldn't be who they are had he not done what he did. Mm. I, it's just, it's one of those things that it's so easy to com- say those people were so bad or so barbaric. But you, the only reason why you're thinking that is based on where you are today. You know, yeah. like, and, and it, it's, and it, it, it's just, it's nuts to me. Do you know, do you know that the steam engine, it wasn't, it's not, a, it's not actually a new invention. It's actually an ancient invention, the steam engine. Hmm. It was created by the Greeks back in the BCs. Um. And it was just like, it was like a little toy thing. They would put water in and have a little fire underneath and they would have these pipes that would come out of it and it would spin. But it was a useless invention back then. Yeah, they couldn't do anything yeah, yeah. with it because they didn't have the means. They didn't have the means. They didn't have the um, the, the, the infrastructure. Uh, like they didn't have the infrastructure and they didn't have the need, need for it. And the mm. reason why they didn't have the need for it is because there was slavery going on. The slaves could do stuff. They, yeah. The people who invented this stuff were just doing it because it was like a thing they could do. Cut to the 1800s. Yeah, the 1800s. In England, they're creating this whole steam engine movement, right? The industrial revolution and all this stuff. And they did that because there was they, they needed a more efficient way of creating things. Amazing stuff. There was no yeah. there was no slavery in England. So it's like they had they they had to do it because they could like they they needed to do it. Mm. But the thing was, it wasn't invented in the 1800s, it was invented in ancient history. But the reason why it never took is because it wasn't needed at the time. So we've all had the ability of doing all these crazy things, the things that we're going to be able to do a thousand years from now, two thousand years from now. Are is there's probably some kid who's tinkering on, on a thing that it will never be picked up for another two thousand years. But that's that's just how we are as humans. Yeah. We, we move slowly day after day. We we don't think about the last 20 years. We don't think about the last 80 years. We don't think about the last, you name it. Only we only reason why we ever think about any of the things of the past is because we know it will benefit us today to get one over on somebody. Yeah. You know, it's just like, well, look at the way y'all treated us back then. It's a it's a pawn, it's a move. It's a you know, it's a you know, it's a rhetorical thing. But if you actually look at 
history as a holistic event, you start to realize that, um, yes, history repeats itself. But the reason why it does is because we forget. That's, that's mm. the only reason why. Yeah. And that definitely. And you know what? I will I will say in terms of when you said that, the things that they used to do back then were maybe viewed as worse. Slavery, obviously. Awful. But I was I remember I was listening to this podcast. Um, it was uh, called the is it the Intercept? Um, they were talking about America's war on terror and how America mm-hmm. has actually been in war for the past 20 years. But it's like oh, a lot longer than it's, that. Yeah, a lot longer than that. But it's like it's hidden. It's like because there's because sometimes there's no American troops on the ground, then they don't class it as a war. And mm-hmm. they were saying, do they not think it's more in inhumane that there's a drone flying over your house and you know it's there you can hear it and at any time it could just obliterate your whole family like or you could be at a funeral or you could be at a wedding and something can happen like they're like how is that more humane than what we've been doing and people and and often it's you know people that aren't involved in the taliban often just yeah. sort of innocent people so yeah. it's it's a weird one this is it's just also how we how things get phrased over time as well isn't it yeah uh propaganda is a son of a bitch <laughs> definitely and it's done by everybody so it's exactly. done by everybody it, 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 we're, <laughs> we um, america is the the leading empire right now but it's no different than any other empire your your people had an empire Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they, they did some awful things. If you were to look at, you know, what they did in India or what they did in Africa. Oh, the partition stuff, is right? absolutely disgusting, honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But, but, but then, but then look at what happened with the Britons, right? They, like, they were a colonized people as well. So it, it's yeah, the it, Swedes, wasn't it? And all of the Nords. Right. Uh, I think Isn't it was it? the Nord, the Nords, but definitely the Romans, the Romans. Yeah, Romans, yeah, yeah, true. You know, right? So, and then the Rome, like Rome was a conquered people. Like everybody, I don't know. I, don't, I have not read any bit of history that has proven to me that people weren't conquered before. Mm. Like everybody conquered somebody. And so I don't buy it. That's why I don't buy into the victim narrative because everybody is trying to get one over. Everybody wants what's best for their people, for black people. If you want, if you, if you're so, and I'm not this guy, but if you're so concerned about bettering your people, stop, just stop being a victim, stop perpetuating victimhood. Find the best attributes of other cultures and take those attributes on for yourself and teach your boys and girls to take on those attributes and be the best that no one can deny. Be the best that no one can deny and rule. That, mm. That's that's as simple as that. If that's truly what you want, you want you you want the best for your people then you need to be the best and not complain that other people are, 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 are uh, doing better than you because every conqueror has never, ever, ever thought somebody was better than them. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Um, I was going to ask sort of my final question, um, which is say if your two young boys were listening to this conversation, can something that you know add to an understanding of themselves 
I don't know if you just said it. I was I was I was almost about to end the episode there, but I thought let me at least tell him the question so he can decide whether he wants to answer it or that was his answer. Yeah, can you ask can you ask the question one more time? Yeah, no, that's fine. My brain is just I'm I'm so tired. I don't know if you could tell. No, I agree. <laughs> I'm being a victim. Oh no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm All kidding. Right. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. <laughs> um, so say if your two young boys were listening to this conversation, how can something that you know help them with an understanding of themselves? Yeah, I would I would say you you are divine. You are divine. God gave you God gave you a gift of mind and speech. Use them to the best of your ability. Stop making excuses and just imagine better than the best you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. Um, so no, thank you very much, Jerry, for coming on to the Black and Royal podcast. It's been good to chat with you. Um, I think this is... Now it hasn't been my longest episode, but it's definitely been one of my longest episodes. But I, I always love long episodes, so it's so all good. <laughs> good. I'm glad to know I wasn't I wasn't just blathering on. <laughs> no, no. I think we talked about some good things. And listen, I get I get on tangents anyway. If anything about the black and real audiences, they should just know that I get on tangents myself. So I it thought is it was a great. I thought it was a great conversation, and oh, yeah. I, I and I think your audience is gonna. Um, have a lot of food for thought. Mm, 100%, 100%. So, yeah. No, well, Jerry, thank you for joining me. And, and I hope you have a good day. Aloha. Aloha. Oh, mahalo, isn't it? So that is the end of the episode. Thank you very much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to find out more about Jerry, I'm going to put all his details into the show notes. As you know, Jerry is also a coach as well. um, And he also does talks he also you know presents so if you want to book him if you thought yo man this guy is spitting some facts yo then maybe you want to maybe you want to connect with jerry and I'm, I'm gonna put all his details into the show notes so you can go and connect with him i'd love for you to go and connect with him because he's he, to be fair i loved talking to him man honestly like i've just really enjoyed vibing with the guy man and honestly like you know, I want to go back to Hawaii one day. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, Jerry, we can, we can link up. You know what I mean? Like, I'll come to your farm. That'd be so sick. Um, Obviously, I'm just a stranger. Kind of. So, guys, if you really liked this episode, if this episode gave you value, if Jerry gave you some good value about creativity, about understanding yourself, about finding your paradise, finding your spot, about manifesting and praying for the things you want... If you got all that good nuggets of value from this episode, then guess what? Leave a review, leave a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you're on Spotify, you can leave a rating. If you're on iTunes, you can leave a rating and you can leave a review or just share this with your mate, man. Honestly, if you think there's a person that is like, yo, this guy needs to listen to this episode, man then share it with them helps this podcast grow helps more people find it helps more people hear it guys and really at the end of the day i'm just i'm all for that man i want more people to listen to this podcast i want more people to um to benefit from the conversations that we're having on this podcast because i i think there's some good stuff happening here i mean of course i say it as my own podcast but (laughs) but 
I, I do think so. I stand by it. I stand by it. So, thank you very much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, if you want to get in contact with me, speak at blackandraw.co.uk um, is my email. Um, or tinotalk25 on TikTok, Instagram. Um, you can follow me there, too. And you can find out more about what I do as well. So, thank you very much for listening, guys. I hope you have a great day. And we will talk soon.